She had a dink in his skirt, and then she had a head wrap that matched her dink in his skirt, and she had a ruffle shirt. And I like to say that she brought the Caribbean breeze with her wherever she went, because she didn't just walk into a room, she walked. <laughs> 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 you know, it, it just it felt like that when you saw her. Your body started to move like that too. And she wasn't necessarily like this great singer. She was a wonderful poet. A lot of her um, poetry is featured all over the world in international studies around you know, the value of poetry and culture. And so she didn't have this great singing voice, but she could tell a story like nobody else. That was fun. <laughs> I had the pleasure of introducing a bunch of educational revolutionaries, or at least, at the very least, forward-thinking folks. I got to introduce Miss Lou to a room full of those people <laughs> in Long Island at Arrow Conference, which is Alternative Education Resource Organization. And this conference was so dope. It's my first time attending Arrow. And it was just, you know, some folks who are living in one end of the spectrum or other, a focus on education and seeing the need for change as far as our approach to education and children on the broader scale, and then doing something about it. So shout out to the Alliance for Self-Directed Education because that's how I ended up going to Arrow. And I really enjoyed the conversations that happened in that space. It's my first time going to an alternative education conference. Yeah, so it was just really, really engaging. I had the pleasure of speaking on a panel with Peter Gray and Dennis Litke. And that was fun. And especially after listening to Dennis Litke's talk, about how he got started and doing the work that he does serving marginalized communities through his approach to school, which centers on the interest of the child. It focuses less on the structure of the system or the testing, you know, basically teaching to pass to the next grade, right? Teaching to the next grade instead of teaching these actual skills that they might be interested in. So it takes that approach. It still includes testing. The standardized versions are there, but it is a step forward from the traditional approach to education. And there may be some opportunities to bridge some gaps from the traditional model over to more literal self-directed education through things like what Dennis Litke is doing. So I was really, really impressed with the drive there and the vision there. And I could definitely see that leading over to ultimately where I just feel like we can serve more people and more people can serve themselves is more literal self-directed education. So shout out to Dennis Litke. And um, yeah, so being able to, to sit on that panel and just share perspectives on topics that run the gamut. You know, when you decide that you want more for your child than what that typical model offers, it gets complicated because there, in a sense, there are very few options out there, but then also the ones that are there are very nuanced. So you're thinking, okay, do I homeschool? How much quote unquote basics do I want to make sure that I cover? 
do I want to maybe start a school so that I can do this in a more community-centered model? I got to talk with people who were looking at learning and living with children from all of these different approaches. And even though (laughs) unschooling is still very much like on the radical end of the spectrum in the space, I found myself really being able to practice my skills of just being an observer and not trying to defend my point. Because at some points I was like, what are you talking about? Of course, it's about self-directed education. But, (laughs) and just recognizing my bias and being like, all right, let me listen. Let me listen to what they're saying. So I got to practice that, um, flex those muscles a lot. (laughs) And um, everywhere I went, there was this good conversation happening. Someone emailed me and asked me which of the workshops did I attend. So let me grab my paper. One of my favorites was the one with Natural Creatives uh, group based in West Philly. Philly for sure, West Philly, if I'm not mistaken, with Peter Bergson and Nisha and Isa and Chris. And I'm forgetting their last names. Maybe I wrote it down somewhere. Um, It was just really dope to be in their workshop because they were talking about ways to, I'm trying to find the name of their actual workshop, making self-directed education feasible for inner city families, essentially, because of the population that they serve and endeavor to serve. It was just really, really insightful to hear their approaches and some of the changes that they saw in the young people that they serve there and how they take a more literal approach to self-directed education that means that the children really are being supported in their own interests and they don't have this idea of a structure with a little bit of freedom sprinkled in. So they really get to explore um, their interests and they use a lot of really dope resources like the kitchen chemistry component, or they also have a vintage sewing machine that they use there that Nisha found and just these different things that they do to allow the children to explore their interest and to be exposed to other things fully supported by adults who trust them to design their their path to learning. So that was really, really fun to see their approaches to it and also really insightful to hear some of the challenges that they face as well. I really look forward to continuing to um, follow up with what they're doing over there at Natural Creatives because I, I was really digging it. Also, Peter Gray's talk was really, really insightful too. I love how he ties in the um, hunter-gatherer component, you know, just looking at the ways that historically man has treated children and how this school way is really just a newer, more enforced, more artificially enforced model and is really inorganic. And not only is it inorganic, it's counterintuitive to how learning actually happens and how we as human beings learn best and evolve best. And so that's always really good to just be able to connect those sort of things at that primal level. (laughs) And then Peter Gray, it's interesting because he's, you know, a structured dude, right? It's a professor, a college professor, an evolutionary psychologist who totally freaking gets that. You got to be free to just design your own shit. You got to be free to get to whatever you're into through your own path. And that happens through free play. And it happens through letting them be and letting children self-organize. He totally gets that. 
and has done research along with Gina Riley to show the results of allowing that sort of freedom and and self-direction, the benefits of that across different populations. And so that was really dope to just hear him sort of synthesize aspects of that in that space. And speaking of research, Gina Riley, whom I just mentioned was the co-researcher of the report in conjunction with Peter Gray around adult unschoolers, grown unschoolers, what some of the benefits were in their eyes, some of the experiences they had, some of the drawbacks, whether they went on to higher education, those sort of things. Gina presented that research in a workshop, and that was really interesting. I'd sort of peeked through the research before, um, familiar with it, but just hearing how they went through the process of finding the folks for it. Um, they were all anonymous, so I don't know anything about. I was curious about the gender and race differences to see how and if those approaches varied, but it was insightful to find out that, for example, one of the most common challenges for adult unschoolers was explaining it to other people, you know, getting other people to understand what they're doing and why. So I I found that interesting. Gina's son, Ben, also did a workshop around, um, I think it was titled From Unschooling to College. He's now, I think, maybe in his senior year, am I making that up? In college. And he just talked about that process of Going from people being like, what, what, what are you doing all day then? If you're just an unschooler to applying to college and, you know, getting into the one he wanted to get into. And that's always good for people to hear. So I'm glad that that's going to be floating around. I know that some of the keynotes, I'm not actually sure about the workshops, but some of the keynotes will be available on Arrow's YouTube page. And it's arrowconference.org is the website. So sign up for the newsletter so you can get updates on that. I really, really enjoyed a lot of the, um, again, the discussions that were going on, just like sidebar, you know, cafeteria conversations, <laughs> as well as some of the workshops and the dialogue there. Jonathan Kozel was another one that I, I really enjoyed his talk. Being more recently familiar with his work, I know that he was fired from uh i think it was a he was a fourth grade teacher a public school teacher and he was fired for reading from a book of poetry by langston hughes that was not you know approved by the the principal it wasn't on the curriculum list basically as a result of that he wrote a book called death at an early age the destruction of the hearts and minds of negro children in the boston public schools and that was based on his the experiences that he had as a teacher at the school in, I think the area was called Roxbury, Roxbury. I think that's an award-winning book. And I, I just thought that was really interesting that that's the, that was his in to education. And he just continued on that path. And his work now is around uh, public school reform which if you've listened to me before, you know that I, I really believe the energy needs to be spent building things anew, building multiple access points to self-directed education in particular, wherever it needs to show up and not pouring the money into um, trying to change school systems. But it was really good to hear his story, the different places that he's lived in and 
his involvement in the civil rights movement, you know, some of the key figures involved in that space and how he encountered them. It was just really interesting and endearing in some regards. And then, you know, some of it, I just uh, wondered about the lens of privilege and just also looking at allyship and just looking at the level of commitment, you know, having spent maybe 40 something years doing this sort of work and really believing in it, you know, really believing in the power of reform, just me being able to see someone deep in that commitment and kind of juxtaposing that with my perspective of building something that makes the public school system irrelevant. I've found that interesting, and I'm definitely looking forward to diving into some of his books, just because in paying attention to what he's been doing, I'm just really curious about uh, more of his perspective. Switching back to workshops, I enjoyed Aaron Eden's League Workshop, Facilitating Entrepreneurial Learning. I was really, really excited about that model because I can see that being something that communities can implement a version of, essentially to figure out how to create some structure inside existing spaces that carve out a niche for self-directed studies supported by adults, you know, community members, business owners, people who have space where you can study these sorts of things. I really um, was interested in in seeing how he's going into schools and then just carving out these like six-week blocks or semester blocks where they're doing these uh, self-directed projects and uh, looking at the impact of the project on the greater community. Yeah, so shout out to Aaron Eden and Edunautics, E-D-U-N-A-U-T-I-C-S, edunautics.com. The other thing that I thought was so cool about Arrow, you had quite a few people who were saying, why aren't there more young people here, more teenagers here speaking on their own behalf? I'm always excited when people want to hear the stories from the people having the experiences themselves. So yeah, overall, that was a good way for me to close out the season. I love how serendipitously they collaborated, you know, Arrow's conference and the season finale of Fear of the Free Child podcast, season two. We're 49 episodes in, maybe 50 if I sneak another one in over the course of the next month. I just am excited about what's happening. I'm paying attention to the direction that you are telling me you want to go. And the people who come onto the show are telling me that things need to go in their communities. I'm really paying attention and I feel like I'm being rewarded (laughs) for that with the opportunities that are showing up for me to really challenge and support people of color in self-directed education. Thank you for listening over the course of these two seasons. Use the next few months to catch up. What's this now? We're in early August. I'll probably be back maybe late October. In the meantime, catch up. And also, if you're not following, supporting on patreon.com, please consider doing so. And if you can make it happen, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Akila, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Akila. You can become my patron for as little as $3 a month, a bunch of different options and a bunch of different beautiful exchanges available to you there. So I will be engaging weekly on Patreon with video or audio or something written. 
That's where you can find me in between season two and three. Season three is definitely going to be a lot more about personal narratives. I'm really looking forward to being able to support more people through better quality podcasting. I want to be able to write. That's how I can best convey the things that I'm seeing and the things that I'm offering. So I want to be able to write more around the conversations that I'm having with folks, which means that I need help with editing and I need help with sharing the episodes and the resources related to each episode. So that's what I'm using the next few months to put together. And if you want to be part of that, going over to patreon.com forward slash Akila is how you get that popping. <laughs> so thank you for being here to each and every guest, to each and every listener, to each and every testimonial bringer on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Check you over on Patreon. In the meantime, keep on committing to raising free people. Do what you can to release your ego and live in more harmonious, partner-centered relationships with the children in your lives. Enough love. Take care. Talk soon. Fear of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary, learning with our children and de-schooling ourselves. Owning our multiple identities and treating children with dignity. Creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces. Breathing life into liberation practices proactively and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education. Loving. It's about learning. Liberatory practices. Defining love for ourselves and giving our love to as much of the world as it can possibly contain. Let's find each other. Let's support each other. All of these stories are important and should be shared. Thanks for listening to Fair the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at AkilaSRichards.com.